everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick, the Bishop of the Burn, and with me, as always, Gator. And we are coming to you from the world-famous St. Louis landmark, Hill Cigar Company. We're all set up in our winter studio out in the front porch with the heater. It's very nice. It is very nice. We made some new friends tonight. We, did we? Yes. Let me, uh, let me give a quick shout-out here, because I actually was industrious. <laughs> and got some names. So a uh, little quick shout out to our new listeners, Tanner McClinton, James Matson, and Corwin Nozeri. I'm hoping I pronounced that right, Corwin. I, I hope I did not butcher that for you. These guys are all uh, in the PA program over at SLU, and they were here. Uh, actually, it was their first time at the beautiful downtown St. Louis Hill Cigar Company. Well, if they're going to find a cigar lounge in St. Louis to hit up, by God, the Hill Cigar Company. Well, and what kind of bonus could they get? Not only did they come in and get some good, fine quality smokes here at the Hill Cigar Company, they got to meet Nick and Gator. It's true. It's true. It's a bonus bonus. It is. So tonight, we are smoking the Romacraft Neanderthal. So let me give you a little background on this little guy. This We are smoking the HN size, which is a 5x58. This cigar features a Mexican San Andreas Maduro wrapper with a USA Connecticut broadleaf binder and a mix of Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and USA Pennsylvania tobaccos in the filler. A little USA tobacco little mixed in. A little USA tobacco mixed USA. in. So. USA. So there we go. So we have the Romacraft Neanderthal. Now, America. The, the interesting thing with this one. I like how you're just ignoring all my ignorance. I'm used to it by now. Okay. So the interesting thing with this one is if you look at it, it has a flat cap. Ooh. It has a completely flat cap. Mine, the, mine happens to still be in the cellophane. Let me get that out. Of course it does. Why wouldn't it be out of the cellophane by now? I mean, it's not like you didn't have an hour or better to do that. But no, you know, you're going to just continue okay, there we go. to do that. Now, so. Nick is mad at me tonight because I was running late in his mind. In my mind, I was on time. I was working today. I worked. I don't well, work a lot. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's get back to the cigar. I worked today. Before I forget. And Did I mention I worked today? So it has a flat cap, which is kind of a nod. That is to, really cool. Which is a nod to the Neanderthal that <laughs> is named funny. after. Yes. Now, if you had not mentioned that to me, I would have puffed on this thing for an hour and a half wondering why it was such a hard draw. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the one thing I will note is because of the flat cap, you have to be careful with the cut because you don't want to take too much off because there is not nearly as much there to take off. So you need to be a moil. you got to be a... L- <laughs> It gotta be <laughs> just a little off the tip. Ginger with it, so it is now time to cut the cigar. And Jeff, once again, does not have a cutter <laughs> because why would he? Okay, let me give you folks the play-by-play of what's going on here. So it's dark out he at the could, front of the old cigar. He company. Could help me. I could, but I'm not going. I'm not to. going to. So Nick has actually had to tuck his phone up under his chin with his light on his. Uh, iPhone, so he can see to cut his cigar. Yeah, because I didn't want to take. I, too on the much other off. hand, am going in blind. No, I'm sharing my light with you. Oh, that's sweet. Just like I'm sharing my cutter. You're sweet. Because heaven forbid you have your own. Oh, perfect. Look at that. There you look go. At, hey, seriously, look at that. Razor thin. Perf- perfection, right there, Precision. buddy. Precision. Did you bring a torch? No. You're literally at a cigar shop. You <clears> could walk <throat> inside right now and buy one. I could. But you're not going to. But I encourage everyone else to buy a nice torch from the Hill Cigar Company. Uh-huh. I have like 18 of them. I just always forget to bring them. You forget part of it's to the, have them at the house. I don't know how that happens. Part of it is to annoy you, and it works. 
So, folks, given the fact that... I'm doing a cold draw. I warned you about taking off too much. I might have done exactly that, because I'm <laughs> getting a little wrapper Mine's splittage at perfect. the end. There. Look at that. A thing of beauty. You want to trade? Here. No. I'll give you mine. No, we won't trade. <laughs> Gross. No. So. This is what happens when I try to cut my cigar like that with my light tucked under my chin, because heaven forbid somebody turn on the light on his iPhone and help me. I'm only on 87%. Mm. I don't want to risk it running out. Anyway. <laughs> so, I'm doing a cold draw. Yeah. Cantaloupe and chiclets. You're an idiot. Give me my torch one more time. <laughs> there you go. You're an idiot. There is no cantaloupe and chiclets in this thing. You didn't do a cold draw. You don't know. I know there's no cantaloupe and chiclets in this thing. <laughs> Not in it. Just Come on. hints. There's no hints of that either. <laughs> I love your torch. Free butane for me. Mm-hmm. God, this is a pretty cigar. It is. It's a real kind of rugged-looking cigar, but it's got that really neat-looking, very simple band to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a, du- a very dual, understated. Very, it it is understated, but it's complex because if you look at it, you know, not that we can look at it out here because it's dark, but Ooh. if you look at it in the light, not only does it have the name of the cigar on the band, but it's kind of like. It's, it's the same color. that the, the letters are the same color as the band. They're just kind of slightly raised. So you got to actually really concentrate to read it. You should have done it in, like, cave paintings. They have cave paintings on there. That's the yes. other thing I was going to tell you. Perfect. Is that there are cave paintings on the band. I have a good idea of who we can get to decipher those for us. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask our mutual friend to talk to her husband. So, anyway... But yeah, so this is, I've been wanting to try to do the Roma Craft on the show for a while because I, I've had a fair number of Roma Craft cigars. I really like the Neanderthal. It's a real strong, bold cigar, and it, it, it's one of those ones that I've been very anxious to get so, to. Okay, so again, I'm smoking free tonight because you bought these. At some point, I'm going to have to pay you back. You're right. Oh, I am helping you, you with are. the podcast. So. It's, it's a trade-off. Really? Because I set up all the equipment. I edit the whole thing. I upload it. I manage all the social. Okay, so I do the Facebook. Okay. And you changed the cover photo. Hold on. All the rest of that content is feed, fed by me through my Instagram. Let's not, you know, blame, blame and all that. I'm just saying. I just want to point out, while you were setting up the equipment... Our friend Tony had brought in beans and uh, burnt tips, and mm-hmm. I was eat, I was eating. Oh, that's 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 awesome to hear too. Because I was really nice, Tony. I, by the way, if you're I'm listening, yes. that was awesome. That's the cool thing about the hill, and it's the cool thing probably about many other cigar lounges is that it is kind of a, a family atmosphere, and so these guys they'll bring in food from all sorts of different restaurants. They'll bring in some that they can eat, obviously, but. They bring enough for everybody else. To and when they have events, well. they always have a guy. You know his name. Oh, Charlie. Charlie. Charlie is always on staff cooking at all their events. Charlie he, makes he some mean cook. food. Yes, yeah, he does. He makes some good, good food. So okay, so seriously. Events at the Hill, you get fed really, really well. Yeah, you do. They take good care of you. Yeah. And they have good prices on their sticks. Speaking of that, what's the price point on this, out of curiosity? This cigar um, kind of ranges between 10 and $12, depending upon where you're buying it at. I think it was... Maybe like just shy of eleven bucks here. Okay. So and re- the reason I say that is, and and I I know I've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast. I tend to be a cheaper smoker than Nick. And this is not a cigar I would buy because it's so dark. No, 
<laughs> no, actually, I wasn't going to say that. This oh, okay. is a well-constructed cigar. It is a little bit darker, but this one would not scare me off. The price point might normally scare me off. I actually think from the short time I've had this, and I'll, I'll finish up and tell you for sure, but I think this actually may be number five in my top five. Oh, dang. I've been looking. We've been looking. I'll tell you, I, like I said, I really like the Roma Craft. They've got the, the Neanderthal. They've got the Cro-Magnon. Um, they have a couple of Intemperance, the Aquitaine. And, and Am I way off here? Because I, I really like the Neanderthal. I'm getting cocoa. I'm getting no, like, you're not way off on the okay. cocoa. You're not way off on the cocoa. I you was know, joking about, obviously, the... You get some cocoa. You know, mush melon and you know, a little chicken. little little spice, you know, and whatnot. I'm not hitting spice. I'm not, I'm getting, not, it's not heavy spice. Yeah. It's not heavy pepper, heavy spice. It's it's And it's not so much necessarily like, chocolate. oh my gosh, it's spicy. But yeah, chocolate, the cocoa is... Yeah, I'm getting there. the chocolate flavor. I yeah. like it. So, And this isn't... This isn't flavored. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Which is something to definitely take note of. That's especially impressive. all the politicians in uh, these various states that are passing laws banning flavored tobacco. Like, for example, um, I was talking with Larry here at the Hill earlier tonight, and he was explaining to me um, about the law that is being proposed in Illinois. And under that law, if you have a cigar... And let's say somebody says, oh, I get hints of cocoa or hints of coffee or something like that off of it. Under that law, that is now a flavored cigar. Oh. So it's not necessarily infused as much as I get this flavor off of it. So it has to be so theoretically, just a bland stick Theoretically, of it could ban pretty much everything because everybody has a palate that gets something different. Why are we still living in Illinois? I, I question that myself a lot of days. Ugh. But yet apparently it doesn't impact menthol. Oh, yeah. I wonder why. Maybe the taxes they're making off the cigarettes? Precisely. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's all follow the money, folks. Especially in Illinois, follow it right down the toilet. Now, you'll get some lawsuits because, you know, like, for example, Roma Craft can prove with their, with their blending and everything else, they can prove what's in this cigar. So they can say there is no chocolate, there is no cocoa, there is no infusion of any sort of cocoa flavor or anything like that. It is pure tobacco. And that natural tobacco, when it hits the tongue and hits the palate, creates this flavor that these people may or may not get, depending upon yeah. their, their palate. I'm getting it, and I like it. Yeah. So it's, it's a very pleasant cigar. I like this cigar a lot. So, Nick, we're, we've lit up. We've gotten started with our cigars. But you have a very, very interesting inter- interview, considering we're talking about politics. I would say, politics. considering we're talking about politics and the government coming into all of our lives involving cigars and everything. Um, I spent some time this week talking with Frank Herrera of H New Media Law. And Frank is one of the preeminent experts, if not the expert, as it pertains to premium cigars. He represents a whole lot of different brands. And he he was kind enough to give us some time this week to just kind of explain to us what the FDA is doing and how it impacts the companies, and in turn, how that impacts all of us, the consumers. Beautiful. I think it's time to go into it. Yeah, we'll just go ahead and jump into the interview. This is me with Frank Herrera. We'll be back right after this. We are joined by Frank Herrera of H New Media Law. And Frank, you um, you specialize in uh, premium cigars and dealing with the FDA. Is this correct? Yeah, sure is. So... I asked you if you would be willing to, to talk with us a little bit because um, 
everybody hears about how FDA regulations and everything are impacting the cigar industry. And we hear terms like substantial equivalence and all this kind of stuff thrown around. But I'll be honest, I was sitting at the lounge last night and I was talking to a couple people about how I was going to be doing this today. And they were really happy because quite frankly, we hear all this stuff, but nobody really understands it. So I guess, can you kind of just like give us the the reader's digest like the 101 what do we need what what does the average cigar smoker need to know about what the fda is doing and kind of how it impacts the premium cigar industry and and the brands that we all know and love sure so um well where do i start um hmm. well uh going back to 2009 there's something called the tobacco control act and the first part of that was really uh targeted towards the cigarette industry Okay. Uh, and roll your own. And then in 2016, the FDA, who has authority over uh, regulating uh, and uh, the regulations over that act, decided to include uh, cigars as well as what they call ENDS, E-N-D-S, uh, electronic nicotine, nicotine delivery systems, uh, basically vapes, that type of thing. Yeah. And a couple of other products like uh, pipes. So uh, that's when it's all kind of got really hot and heavy for the cigar industry, right, in 2016. So uh, there's been litigation. There's been uh, deadlines that have moved. But uh, long story short, unfortunately for uh, the industry, the regulations are not going away. Premium cigars will not be exempted, as some people think. And they have to deal with these regulations that were really designed for uh, to curb youth initiation and some other health risks that, quite frankly, really aren't at issue uh, for the premium cigar industry. So because we have tobacco in our products, obviously, uh, we're part of this regulation, but we're not really part of the spirit of uh, why this regulation came about. So, you know, the premium industry is forced to deal with it. So what kind of things are the brands being forced to do? What are, what are the companies kind of being forced to, to adhere to under this regulation? Sure. So uh, some of the minor things, well, any kind of regulation in the premium cigar industry is substantial because this is a age-old industry that uh, for hundreds of years was essentially uh, not regulated, uh, definitely not the federal level and at state levels kind of minimal. But some of the easier things, the not so significant things are product listing that is telling the FDA uh, you know, what products you offer, providing the FDA with ingredients and uh, the premium cigar industry likes to say, well, our ingredients are you know, tobacco and water and some glue. But really, sometimes there's a little more to that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's, uh, it's it's a little more detailed. Submitting things called warning plans, um, which are not in effect yet. Uh, the warnings on the boxes themselves have been stayed uh, pending appeal. But essentially, uh, manufacturers were forced to provide a, a warning plan to the FDA, which essentially outlines their understanding of the law and how they uh, will comply with that part of uh, switching out the labels a different type of uh, warning notices. Some of the uh, scary parts are, uh, well, the biggest and most topical uh, topic at the moment is a concept known as substantial equivalence. Mm -hmm. And um, substantial equivalence is essentially one of three, actually four, what they call pathways. And a pathway is, uh, it's a bucket, if you will. So say you're a brand manufacturer and you have 100 SKUs in, in your product portfolio. 
And some of those SKUs you made prior to 2007, some of them you made uh, between 2007 and 2016, and others you are making but have not yet sold post-2016. Well, each of those products, depending on when they were first commercially marketed, would have to go through some type of pathway with the FDA. And uh, the best, cheapest, fastest, easiest is a concept called grandfathered products. And these are products that are demonstrated to be commercially marketed in the U.S. prior to February of 2007. And luckily for the premium cigar industry, there are a lot of those products. So, so a, a good part of the industry is going to choose the grandfather pathway. It's voluntary to actually go to the FDA and say, please determine these as grandfathered, uh, or you can just keep selling them. And if the FDA knocks on your door, then you'll have to demonstrate why the grandfathered. And the important thing of that is that you don't have to go through the expensive and time-consuming process of substantial equivalence, or even the very expensive and crazy process called PMTA, which is a new tobacco product application. Okay. So too much information, not enough information? No, no, this is great. So um, I know I've heard about how, you know, these these companies have to essentially, regarding substantial equivalence, they have to talk about, like, their blends and basically prove that their blends are the same blends as they were. Can you explain that a little bit? I, I know I'm shanking this question, but um, no, no, we're, trying not, to, we're trying to, we're trying to like wrap our head around it. Well, that's fine because we've been doing this three to four years now, uh, you know, day in, day out. And we just attended meetings in DC at the FDA and also at the, uh, the drug law Institute. And even very sophisticated in-house counsel and regulatory specialist with uh, RJ Reynolds and uh, ITG Imperial, uh, Altria, you know, they're still struggling with what is it precisely that the FDA wants? Because the FDA has regulations and guidelines, but it really seems kind of subjective to a certain degree as mm -hmm. to, um, you know, the balancing of, of the test and test is, you know, the, um, you know, the protection of the, uh, the, uh, the public health, essentially, right? There's this, this test. Yeah. So is it appropriate for the public health? So, so don't, you know, don't, don't worry that you don't know what's going on because most people who are doing this day to day are still trying to figure out precisely, you know, how to abide by these regulations. The regulations are broad. They are uh, somewhat uh, ill-conceived for the cigar industry. They were uh, initially designed for cigarettes with, in mind. So a lot of the regulations don't squarely fit with the reality of the food cigar industry. So uh, to answer your question, one of the pathways is grandfather, which is great. You have a grandfather product, keep selling it, comply with other FDA regulations. You'll be fine. You won't have to spend lots and lots of money to keep the product on the market. If you can't or don't have a grandfather product, say you're a boutique that came on the market uh, post-2007, then you um, would have to uh, put your product through a process called substantial equivalence. And essentially, you would have to file uh, something by May 2020, which is the current deadline. It might be extended by appeal, but we're not sure yet. Okay. And you would have to submit quite a bit of information about your product, uh, the characteristics of it, right? The product packaging, uh, the size, all these other criteria. And you'll have to compare it provide a comparison to a grandfathered product, also known as a predicate product. And essentially what you're telling the FDA is say, hey, I have this product that's post-2007, but it does not present a new question of public health. Basically, it's the same or substantially equivalent, as the phrase says, 
to a product that was grandfathered or is grandfathered. So what is that, right? So what does that mean? So if you have a grandfathered 5x50 Nicaraguan Pearl, box of 20, cello, wood box, and now it's grandfathered, and now your product is essentially the same, but maybe you tweaked the blends, maybe you did a couple of things, quantity is the same, then there's a very good likelihood that your application to the uh, FDA that it's substantially equivalent will be granted, what's called a marketing order. It will be approved as a, um, to, to remain in the market. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to compare a, uh, say you're trying to compare a, a grandfathered flavored cigar to a non-flavored cigar or vice versa, and the quantity is different and the ring gauge is different, and it's all these different characteristics, then I think the likelihood that the FDA will, will, will agree will, will be really small. Right? They'll say, no, you know, these aren't the same. You know, come, come closer. Show us that there's no new risk on the public health. The, the, the scariest part, if I just kind of belabor this for a second, yeah. is this concept called PMTA. And, and primarily, it's, I think it would be almost impossible for a premium cigar industry to even choose to go down that pathway because it's ridiculously expensive and complicated. Um, the first PMTA ever granted was earlier this year, and that was to Philip Morris, a, a product called Icos, I-Q-O-S. And that's a newfangled type of vaping product. It's a, they call it heat, not burn. Oh, I've heard and of that, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, representatives of uh, that company were at this conference we went to, and um, they were clear to tell you that it was millions, uh, tens of millions of dollars to uh, shepherd that process. Because there's clinical studies, there's all the scientific and engineering information that's going to that. That's not necessary, that pathway for cigars, because cigars are, are much more simplistic, right? Yeah. So so the big scary thing for a consumer, uh, not scary, but one thing that consumers will see in uh, mid next year, if this date doesn't change, is they might see some of their favorite products uh, taken off the market. Usually not a bigger company, but maybe some smaller boutiques they might choose not to take their product through substantial equivalents, in which case if they miss that deadline, yeah. then their products will be Ill- illegal to sell in the marketplace. So you might see some products uh, removed by retailers or, or manufacturers. Wow. So then in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of like what um, the, the consumer can do to express their opinion, I mean, what would you recommend? Is it a, a reach out to your congressman kind of situation? Is it contact the it's FDA? Over. Or? It's, o- it's, it's over. Oh, it's, it's over. over. <laughs> We're you, past you, that point. You can, you, yeah, you can hoot and holler and cuss at the FDA and talk about how unfair it is and unconstitutional and all that BS that I read on the blogs. No one has been a bigger advocate for uh, you know expressing your discontent with the FDA uh, in this process than I have over the years, but it's, it's, it's all over, but the crying, wow. um, it's happening. It's, it's happened. A lot of the deadlines have passed. It's not going away. The politicians, while they might be cigar friendly, uh, have a hard time going back to the constituents and telling them that they're pro cigars, any tobacco, because primarily really the villain is the vape industry. And especially of recent kind of, uh, news, uh, you know, these kids getting pulmonary uh, issues with the, uh, the vapes, the FTHC. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's every time, you know, politicians do not want to touch this. Uh, that issue, youth initiation, you know, all these issues. Politically, it's nobody wants to touch. Although secretly, they might smoke cigars themselves or enjoy them or 
feel it's unfair, nobody's going to stick their neck out and say, you know, exempt this or take it easy on these guys. Yeah, yeah. With that, with that in mind, our, our hope and our prayer and our, our, our vision is that once we have filed many of these extension bills applications, we will be able to tell our story in that forum such that the FDA will not be such hard asses in uh, refusing uh, substantial equivalence uh, request, right? Yeah. They'll yeah. say, okay, we get it. You know, cigar is a cigar. Yeah, it's not. There's no youth initiation. You know, these things aren't killing people. There's 90 year old guys that smoke cigars since they're 13. You know, we get it. Let's let these guys, let's let the industry kind of cruise through this process. But they still have a statutory duty to go through that process. Gotcha. Well, and see, and that's the whole frustrating thing from our perspective with uh, with with lumping cigars in with everything is, I mean, you know, you, you, you pointed out vapes and I know historically cigarettes and everything have been accused of targeting children or, or younger smokers with with their advertising. The premium cigar industry doesn't do that. I mean, we might pick up an 18 year old smoker every once in a while, but. By and large, it seems like it's more the late 20s, early 30 kind of crowd that starts to get into it. Yeah, and that's, that's, uh, that's not a dispute. I mean, I think there's, there's plenty of uh, publicly available information uh, that is out there that uh, underage kids simply don't want to spend an hour and a half and spend 10, 12, 15 bucks on a premium cigar. Uh, it's just not cool. It's not for them. It's just there's no evidence that it's a tool of youth initiation. However, and, and, and we need to be honest with ourselves as an industry, what, what happens in studies, uh, in scientific studies where, and they, and they do polls and surveys of, of high school kids, is that these, the, the questions are so broad when they use the word cigars that it includes uh, like uh, uh, these little cigarillos and things, yeah. Swisher Sweets and things like that, which are not premium cigars. Backwoods kind of thing, yeah. Exactly. So when they ask a kid that question, you know, anonymously or however, the kid will say, yeah, cigars. And, and, but they don't differentiate when we're talking about premium cigars and certain kind of uh, things. So, so some of these studies will group us, the premium cigar industry, with some of these other quote-unquote uh, cigarillos or backwards or what have you. So when you do a search of these scientific journals or these surveys and these words search cigars, you'll see some of that. So they use that against us. They say, well, these are these are gateway, if you will. Uh, and, they, and then later kids get hooked on nicotine and they use the word addiction a lot. But so I've been smoking cigars since I was 16 years old off and on. I'm 49 years old. And I am absolutely positively not addicted to cigars. I can go months without smoking a cigar. Um, I smoke more than that, but it's just not something that uh, is, has the same kind of use patterns as uh, other tobacco products or uh, or other chemicals like you know your ends products, which God knows what goes into those concoctions. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I live in Illinois, and we recently had a bill proposed that's flying through video session right now in Springfield to um, ban flavored tobacco. And yeah, that's, that's happened in a couple of states, and a couple of states have already overturned those bans as well. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's another thing. The question of flavored tobacco products is definitely on the horizon for the future of regulation. And the, we had some experts on, uh, we had some consultants and professors, people that study kind of tobacco and at this conference recently, 
And they went on and on and on about flavors and you know, why it's initiation. And again, that's just not in the cigar industry. And even so, it, there is a way to regulate that. What what is what is what is damaging is uh, the rise of the ends products, the vape products, in the past uh, seven eight years, which were completely the wild west. You know, people were concocting this stuff in the in the basement mm. or shipping containers from China with absolutely no verification of the contents of this stuff. But most cigar manufacturers, we call them non-premium flavored, if you like. They get their flavors from uh, flavor houses that have been in the United States or otherwise and have, you know, have uh, food grade quality flavors. The point is, is, you know, those are safer, in my opinion, and there's been, uh, you know, some vetting, if you will, of, of those things, whereas these, these Chinese flavors and mixings are completely, you know, grab bag. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, going back real quick, just for a second, I had a, I had a thought. So a lot of, a lot of retailers have, you know, house blend cigars. And in some cases they get those blend house blend cigars from larger manufacturers that maybe, you know, relabel something or whatever. But I do know at least a handful where, you know, they've got guys in shop actually rolling their own cigars and, and making the house blend cigars. How does all this impact those retailers that are essentially making their own product? So, um, you know, I'll presume by your, your example that they're not just doing it for like a show, you know, that they have the bunch thing and just put the wrapper and just sell five a week, but they actually have like a real manufacturing process, right? Yeah, they've got like, a, well, I mean, it's a guy with a table and the and he makes it and everything, but then like he's got the display case and you can go in and right. buy either one or five for so much or whatever. And, you know, yeah, they've got yeah. their cigars for sale. Yeah. So, so there's a couple things. One is... And, a lot of retailers are not going to want to hear this, but this is the gospel. One is if you are buying raw materials uh, from someone and you're assembling the raw materials into a cigar at your facility, you have a couple things going on. Forget about the FDA for a moment. But number one, they're technically a manufacturer under the TTP rules. Um, okay, that's the, uh, you know, the federal agency that collects taxes uh, on. Uh, on, on cigars that come in, you know, if a cigar comes in from the Dominican Republic, it's taxed. It's a large cigar. It's taxed at uh, you know, forty point two cents, a point four zero two six something or another, up to a certain amount. So you got to pay your import duty on that, right? That's okay. Cheap. So if you're manufacturing at your store and you're selling those, uh, one, you can't do it really without your TTB manufacturing license, and two, if you do have that license, you have to report uh, the number of cigars you're manufacturing and pay tax on it. Secondly, if you were actually doing that from an FDA perspective, you are then considered a domestic manufacturer. And if you are a domestic manufacturer, then you have to register as such with the FDA, and you have reporting requirements and are subject to inspections by the FDA. Uh, they'll come and take a look at what you're doing and your facility and all that. And now your response is, hey, it's only a couple cigars, you know, whatever. Under these guidelines, the FDA will say, you're making cigars. You're, you're technically a manufacturer. Okay. We're not sure to what extent the FDA will enforce uh, those rules against you know, these retailers. Uh, right now, they got their hands busy with all kinds of other things, uh, just trying to you know, get the basics done. But there'll come a time where they will regularly inspect and uh, issue warning letters if you're not in compliance with the law. Okay. Well, that's good for some of our retailer friends to take note of. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, then I guess my last and final thing, and it's more of a little bit of a speculation kind of thing, um, obviously with the uh, uh, news that Nat Sherman 
the the Nat Sherman brand, I guess, is kind of at least for sale or, or you know, being bandied around. Um, I guess going back to what you were talking about with the predicate blends, I guess that's what makes Nat Sherman kind of possibly appealing for some other other, you know, companies and whatnot to look at is the fact that they have a portfolio of grandfather products, correct? Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, I don't represent Nat Sherman. Um, so I get this question a lot. Uh, you know, what's the value of my grandfather products? You know, we, we represent big companies, we represent middle-sized companies. We represent a lot of little mom and pops. You know, one little viejito in Cayocho, you know, and he and his wife have been rolling, you know, for years. So so I see it from a lot of perspectives. And uh, people say, well, you know, what's the, what's the value of a grandfather portfolio? And the truth is, you know, grandfather products are not that uncommon. You know, people have been making cigars for a long time. What's, what's uncommon is the proof of that grandfather, right? The commercial marketing of it, uh, the materials used, when were they, you know, uh, how were they made, that type of thing. So I think with a company like Matt Sherman, um, and, I, and I, I don't think they've ever been their own factory, but I think they've contracted with some factories to make cigars. You know, I think their access to that data, um, obviously they have it. Now the question is, are their grandfather products unique? Are they unicorns in some sense? Are they, you know, shapes and sizes that are rare in the grandfathered world, if you will? You know, say there's a thousand, just say a number, there's plenty more yeah. grandfather products out there. You know, do you have that one product that's grandfather? Do you have a flavored product that nobody ever had before? Then you have some value. But if you I just see. have... You know, a portfolio of Robustos that are Nicaraguan and Peros and Dominican Peros, who cares? Everybody has that. I see. So okay. I think, yeah. So I think people are starting to understand that now. It's like, okay, you know, that you have a grandfather is nice, but who cares? You know, there's however many factories they are. I could go at any one of those factories and tell them to make me a rebranded grandfather product. And as long as I have good evidence of that grandfather product, I can call it whatever I want. If it was once called one, two, three, I want to call it X, Y, Z. I can, presuming that all of the, that it's the precise same product, just rebranded. I see. So, okay. So it's not just the fact that it's a predicate blend, but it's kind of a, what's the unique factor to it too, that adds to the, whatever value. Absolutely. I yeah, see. That's okay. My okay. Sir, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. We've been uh, speaking with Frank Herrera uh, about the, uh, the law relating to the FDA and, and how it relates to the uh, premium cigar industry. Thank you very much. You got it, man. Anytime. Hey, Appreciate thank you. It. Nick, very, very informative. That's interesting stuff. I mean, it's spooky stuff when you really stop yeah. and think about it. When you stop and think about what our government is doing in such an overarching, broad manner and wrapping premium cigars in with everything else. Yeah. It's spooky to think about. I mean, you know, we can argue all day long the differences between cigars and cigarettes, cigars and vapes, and and everything else. But at the end of the day, they just see tobacco, and yeah. specifically nicotine, and mm -hmm. they just go for it. Well, in addition, they see dollar signs. Well, yeah, this is true, but I mean, they're banning stuff, which they, no, theoretically no. takes think out of it. their pocket in terms of tax revenue. If they wanted rid of cigarettes, they'd be gone. They want the oh, cigarette precisely. taxes. Yeah. But they're just going to, you know, ban, I don't know. I it's They're, they're going to box us into a corner is yeah, what they're going to do. Yeah. So, which if they really want to get rid of nicotine, if that's such an evil chemical, when are they going to start banning eggplants, tomatoes, peppers, 
things of that nature. Truth. You know. Did you see that? What'd you do? I had a smoke ring. Oh, no, I missed Did it. You? Oh. I missed it. I'm sorry. That's disappointing. I'm sorry. So, Nick, let's go ahead and throw out our uh, sponsor. And by the way, we would love to have more sponsors if any cigar companies are listening. It's true. You can jump on in. The audience is growing every single the episode. The water is warm. Yep. And prices are low, low, low right now because we're desperate, desperate, desperate. So Yes, we are. <laughs> we have partnered with MyMonthlyCigars.com, and they are a subscription cigar service where you can order a monthly box that will be delivered to your home featuring either two cigars for $20, four cigars for $30, or eight cigars for $50. And the within the eight cigar box, you get two of each of the cigars that's in the four cigar box. So I like to say that it's good for you and a friend to split so what? You want me to say they should hoard them? Well, you typically always do. I know. That's why I waited. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, God, he just I, throws me off every single time. I revel so, in your pain. So it's a good way to try different cigars that you wouldn't normally try. And they come and you get to try them. And then the beauty of it is. You then can go to your brick-and-mortar store because we support and love the brick-and-mortar stores. I mean, hell, there's a brick-and-mortar store that's housing us for the winter and allowing us to do our ignorance on their front porch, for God's sakes. Amen. So you can come to places like the Hill Cigar Company and tell them, hey, I tried this one cigar. I loved it. I want you guys to get more in your humidor. And then they can order a box and you can enjoy the cigar you like. And then they also don't have the risk of ordering a box and... You coming in and saying, oh, I wanted to try that. Oh, I did try it, and it sucked. And now you're stuck with 19 more of them. Yeah. And, you know, let's be honest. And I've said this before, but if you like the cigar, other people at the store are going to like the cigar. So you're probably I, – I gave them a recommendation tonight. I've been talking about this you for did. a while. You did. But the 1974 Casada is in my top five cigars. They don't carry it currently at the Hill, but we've requested it. Exactly. And so that's the beauty of it. So when you go to MyMonthlyCigars.com and you sign up for the service, make sure you put in that offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, in checkout. Amen. And that'll get you either a discount on your shipping on your first order or a discount in their store because they do offer a few other items within their I store. I think you can use that twice, one for each, if I'm not mistaken. Quite possibly. Yep, I believe so. so Anyway, so yeah. If you can't blame Nick. I didn't do it. I, I heard you. Okay. <laughs> but also, if you sign up for the four cigar box, that's going to be kind of our care package in a roundabout way, and we're going to be smoking those on the show. So um, if not all four, a good portion exactly. per month. Yeah. So you can sign up for the for the cigars, the four, the four cigar box, and smoke along with us. I'm not going to lie, dude. I like this cigar. You're burning through it a lot quicker than I am. I'll say that This much. is a good stick. Yeah. You've had this before. I have not. I have indeed had this before, and I like them a lot. Yeah. Roma this Craft, is a good cigar. I'll tell you, Roma Craft is a boutique brand. I think they're based out of Texas, and they put together some really nice cigars. They, they have a new one out called, I think, it's, uh, the Baca or Baca. I don't know. I'm probably I think I've seen that. And... Um, they're kind of hard to come by, mm -hmm. so I'm seeing a lot of pictures on my social. Of I might people have seen that them. up in uh, Milwaukee when I was up there at uh, Yule's. Kind of doubt. You doubt it? it? I doubt well, it. I'm thinking I saw it up it there. It just yeah. came out not too long ago, so I'm thinking well, that was only what a month ago. Yeah, I'm thinking timing wise, it's probably a little off, but I don't know. I've seen I don't it know. somewhere, but it's it's. I'm I'm curious. I want to try that one now yeah. too, but. 
But no, I like this cigar a lot. And yep, this highly is, recommend not just the Neanderthal. I recommend the whole line of the, the Roman craft, but but I he really celebrates their whole catalog. I, <laughs> it's like Michael Bolton. <laughs> no, I, I do like um the Neanderthal. This is a good stick and it's one I'll seek out. This I, I'm unless something goes really sideways with this thing before I'm done with it, and I'm a third of the way in. This is this is my number five I've been searching for. I will say, folks, it is kind of a strong, possibly heavy cigar. I would not recommend it on an empty stomach. I'm glad I had the smidge of burnt ends and baked beans that I did. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony, because I probably would be feeling a little... Tony saved our butts tonight. A little ill right now if I hadn't, but yeah, so that's the that's the nice thing. Very so. good. By the way, um, I know Nick normally would do the mailbag, so to speak, but I actually have a mailbag of sorts. <sighs> you ready for this, Nick? This can't be good. Oh, no, no, no. You're going to like this. Okay. And that's why I, ha- I purposely have not told you. You don't have your phone out, so you've got this committed to memory. I do. Okay. So, Kristen, my ex... Who, oh, who God. I'm still friends with. It's we've yes. talked about it repeatedly. We've um, gone into all the details of all that. <sighs> no one will understand. We don't even. So we'll just let it go. But that being said, some funny stuff. That being oh, said, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. What this mailbag is brought to you by Dirt Dash. When it absolutely 100% has to get to you so fast because she will love me. <sighs> Call Dirt Dash. You're going to hell. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so back the truck up. Kristen's cousin, Barrett uh-huh. Schwartz. Barrett Schwartz lives down in, I believe it's Memphis. Okay. Okay. Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you mean Memphis, Tennessee. It's kind of the big Memphis. Well, you know, there might be a Memphis, North Dakota. I don't know. I'm sure there's many Memphises, but I'm assuming when you say Memphis, you mean Tennessee. So, Nick, do you remember when Andy Kaufman used to go to Memphis, Tennessee and wrestle? Yeah. Yeah, those were the days. Anyway. Okay. So, I don't know what that had to do with anything, but okay. Because I said Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Anyway. So anyway. So apparently we are very big in Memphis, Tennessee. What? Yes. And this is what I thought you would love to hear. So when Barrett was home, uh, actually went to Kristen's sister's son's first birthday party. And I ta- got to talk to Barrett there and hadn't seen him in a long time. And, you know, I really like Barrett. He's always been a good kid. And he is working down in Memphis. And told him all about the podcast, and he loves cigars. I told him he had to come have a stick with us when he's back home, because mm-hmm, he, he mm-hmm. is originally from O'Fallon, Illinois. Oh, okay. So, Barrett wa- has been listening to the podcast and has complimented it greatly, um, I found out today, through his mother, through Kristen. Okay. So, Aunt Sue told Kristen, Kristen told me, so it's fourth hand. But, that being said... He was out you're, talking. You're really liking the that being said tonight again. I, it's, this is two I episodes in a row. You. You're just... Man, you're on time. We're I, got, gonna, I have got to get the bingo. I got people paying me to do it for the bingo cards. I have got to get the bingo t-shirt going. Cigar pulpit bingo. The cigar pulpit bingo t-shirt. I yes. have got to get Delightful, that Delightful, that being said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've got to get that made. So, um, he was out somewhere. I Every time know. Gator smacks his lips, we could put that on the shirt. You know, hold on. <laughs> Let me have a drink of a nice cool beverage. The, the tea, by the way, the Hill that is provides one of the, tea. I would say that is one of the benefits of the Hill Cigar Company. Is they do provide uh, tea, tea and, coffee. and coffee in their lounge. Complimentary. Complimentary. So, Barrett is out somewhere and runs into a friend of his, and they start talking. And I don't know the friend's name, and I apologize, friend. Um, you know, insert your name here. And Barrett is talking to his friend, 
and his friend starts going off about this podcast that he has been listening to and absolutely loves. Really? And that uh, they start talking about it, and he's like, well, hey, I'd like to listen to that. What is it? And the guy says, the cigar pulpit. No shit. And Barrett loses it and says, let me tell you about the cigar pulpit. <laughs> so he explained the whole way that he knew Gator. So That's awesome. Yeah. So apparently, word is spreading far and wide. And I thought you That's would really appreciate actually that. actually really pretty cool. I know. It's yeah. kind of humbling. It is. Well, I mean, when you put something out in the world, you know, you well, put it out there and you hope people find it. But And, and let's be honest. It's kind of neat that people the, talk about I it. I seeded the cloud a little bit with Barrett because I told him about the cast. Yeah. Nobody told his friend. That's awesome. Yeah. So it is getting out and people are hearing it. And, you know, as referenced by the numbers we have on our episodes, Mm -hmm. you know, we've had a couple of them just blow up. Yeah. The humidor one with squirrel has definitely just gone far and wide. That one continues to just move and move and move. I think the one we put out uh, with the Cigars for Warriors has really kind of taken off. That one's done really well in a short period of time. It's funny. The the Friday episodes tend to have a slow burn where the Tuesday episodes seem to blow up quicker. Well, I I attribute that to just drive time. People, Mm -hmm. you know, they listen to us during drive time and everything. So when you put it out on Friday, some folks maybe don't go to work on Friday. Some folks maybe whatever. I don't know. Yeah, some people telecommute on the book. But I notice, I notice the Friday episodes do pick up downloads again on Monday and Tuesday. Yep. And, uh, you know, kind of go that way. So that's pretty cool. So, yeah. So share, a shout out to uh, Barrett Schwartz there for uh, preaching the good word for us. That's pretty cool. Love it. I want to also throw a little shout out for a second. I had a message come through on my Instagram that I had a new follower. And I immediately messaged him and thanked him for following me, said how much of a fan I was of his work, and he expressed that he would listen to our podcast over the weekend. So He is just going to brutalize us. Barry Stein of the Cigar Authority. Barry, we love you, buddy. We do. And I am I have to admit, to some degree, I'm geeking out because... I really like the Cigar Authority, and so I'm really nervous about finding out what they think of our it, ignorance. It tends to be some, a little more straight-laced than ours and a little more informative than ours. Well, you know. Yeah, but I mean, everybody's got their niche. That's what it I is. I love listening to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got a good, they've got a good rapport amongst the three guys and everything. And oh, it's, absolutely. It's a, it's a, and they're getting ready to celebrate their 500th show, I think, in like a week. Oh, that's phenomenal. And so, and then... then yeah, we're like 20-something. And in. then 501 actually breaks the record of continuously running cigar-related podcasts. So that's, that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. It's a high so, bar they set. Yeah, I know. We're sitting at 21. This one is 21. You know one of my favorite Despite episodes. what iTunes says in the little number, for some reason it jumped us to number three with our uh, premiere episode. I don't. I don't know what happened there, and I don't know how to fix it. So, <laughs> technically, when you download whatever episode and it says, you know, number whatever, it's really actually two less than that. So, very strange. I know. Uh oh. Uh oh. 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 Here we go. We, we've got. We've got guests here. It's our man Tony. It's Tony. Tony. What's up, brother? Here, you want to say hi real quick? Yeah. We we were literally just thanking you for the food. So we got Tony here, putting on the headset. Say hi, Tony. How's everybody doing? Tony. Hey. So thank you on? very much for the food. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Greatly appreciated. Can I say where it came from? Definitely. It came from Adam's Smokehouse here in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, South St. Louis on Watson Road. Perfect. Now, Tony, you work for the St. Louis Police Department, correct? I do. Yeah. So 
You, uh, I'm, I'm at the airport. Okay. All right. Fantastic. See, that's the beauty of the Hill is we encounter people from all sorts of different walks of life and professions and everything else. I mean, we were in here one time and the judge was in here and somebody was joking about their marriage. And I remember him making the joke of just bring her up. We'll get the divorce done right here and now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So. All, right. all right. Well, good to see you guys yeah. again. Thanks a lot, Tony. All right. So. And, and Nick, we have another guest here with us. So hold on just a second. I'll hand the uh, headphones on over. What's going on, man? Hey guys, how are you? Good, good. So, what are you, uh, what are you enjoying in the humidor today? I, I don't know. Um, everything. I just go to Larry and I ask him what I should try today, and he gives me a suggestion. And I go with that. I'm telling you. Yeah. They they, they have a fantastic staff here at the they Hill. They do. I, I'm new to St. Louis. I've been here since December. Now you're looking for a place, right? Yeah. This place is awesome. I come. Well, I don't. Out. I don't mean the hu- uh, the the uh, yeah, lounge. Think, you're looking for a place to live. Right? I am. I, I mean, essentially, what I said right now, but I just found a place. I think. Um, What's the neighborhood? I don't know. It's off of uh, University City. University, U City, somewhere. Oh, ah, okay. So, Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. so I think I might have found a place. Give us your name real quick. Patrick. Oh, yeah. Patrick. Sorry. I, I know Patrick. I'm I just know. like. I'm I just know. Just yeah. No. No, yeah, but this no. place is awesome. I mean, this uh, very welcoming. I mean, this is the first place I went to when I moved here and uh, been made to feel very at home. Yeah. No, they're, they, they embrace you from the start. They do absolutely. Even when you're weird, absolutely. And Just we, ask Tron. We have solved. <laughs> we have solved solved many world problems here. That's um, true. We Unfortunately, have. We have. the the results have not gotten out to the people that can do it. Apparently, but, apparently, you know, right? But, but we have. We have. So, <laughs> but no, this has been great. I appreciate you guys. No, this is great, and and we appreciate the hill letting us hunker down in here to record over the wintertime because our decks get really, really cold Yeah, without it. That so heater is huge, right? It's huge, and I will admit I'm probably going to have a sunburn on the left side will. of my you face. probably will. It's leave. better than being cold, though, right? It is. It's definitely better than being cold. So, <laughs> Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you all. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it. All right, thank guys. you again, Tony. Have a good night. Yep. Thank you guys have a good one. All right. We are here kind of at closing time for the hill, so everyone's kind of trickling out. So thank you. Have a good one, guys. Well, and, and that's the beauty of the hill. It's like family. Well, you know? Exactly. You don't, you don't, everybody's cool. Everybody's, you know, people know about each other, you know, when you walk in and if, if uh, you had something going on in your life, they, uh, they will, they'll ask you they, about they it. They genuinely they, care about They you. do. They and do. That's part of the cigar culture. It, it brings different people together. Tony and Patrick actually both came out with me the night that. You mean um, came out. Stop it. <laughs> Came out with me the night. I'm that, like, hey, you know, to each their own. That we went out for Jessica's birthday up here with Corey. Oh, that's right. When, when I did the, the shots. The, I know we're doing yeah. a lot of inside baseball, folks, but if you come to the Hill Cigar Company, you're going to meet all these fine I'll people. I'll tell you, you know, but here's the thing. Here's the beauty of the Hill and all the other cigar lounges. There's archetypes. You have the same folks, theoretically, at every lounge. They may not be named Patrick and they may not be named Tony, but you have a Patrick, you have a Tony, you have a Tron, you have all these guys at your lounges. Well, and, and like we gave the shout out to Tanner, James, and uh, Corwin that are in the PA program over at SLU, you know, you get new people that come in and, you know, you just kind of welcome them in as family. And it, that's the thing I like about this place. Yep. Now, I've been to some cigar lounges. Hmm, we won't name. We're not going to name, but it, I didn't feel welcomed as yeah, much. You, you know, I could sit down, I could have a cigar, but it was kind of like... Okay, get in, get out. 
Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, who's the new guy? Yeah. That's one thing I didn't run into here at the Hill because everybody here makes you feel like family. I'll tell you, the first time I came here, Danny was working, and she gave me the tour of the humidor, kind of showed me around a little bit, and when I was done checking out, I had every intention of leaving because I didn't know these guys. I didn't know the lounge. I was by myself, Yep. and I didn't, and, you know, I was, I mean, not nervous, but... You know how it is when you go someplace completely by yourself. It's like you don't know anybody and you don't want to sit there just quiet the whole time. And so I'm getting ready to. I've I, never I, seen you hit at this, sit at the Hill Cigar Company quietly. I, I got my cigars purchased and I'm ready to go out the door. And Danny says, so which one are you smoking here? So now at this point, I'm like, well, what do I do? So I pick a cigar and she cuts it. She goes, all right, go back in the back and pick a seat. And yep. at this point. I mean, Jeff, you know Danny. I you, love Danny. And you don't by the way, screw with Danny. No, you 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 listen to Danny and you do you what she says. Listen to Danny. But yeah, Danny Danny has just been Danny has actually been phenomenal to me. So yeah, so she yeah. tells me, "All right, go usually, take a seat." Usually here on Sundays. Yeah. So she tells me go take a seat. So I go in the back, and there's a handful of guys back there, and I grab a seat kind of on the edge, you know, I don't know anybody, and they're all like, "Hey, what's going on?" saying hi and everything. And I mean, by the time I was done with that cigar, I was I was talking in the crowd and part of the conversation. And oh so, oh my God, there are hieroglyphs on here. Told this you, this is awesome. He's, he's it's on look, the inside, the inner band. It's on the inner band, exactly. Oh, there was an inner. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're high. There's cave paintings on the band. I had no There's idea. This is awesome. Little, now, the one thing about Roma Craft cigars, their bands are notoriously difficult to get off. This thing's a bitch. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think, you know, the, the founders of the company actually really enjoy the fact that it is so difficult to get off because they, they revel in it. And they actually tell people, just slip it off the lid end. I've seen you do that before. I'm not that adventurous. It's difficult. <laughs> yes. I have actually seen you do that and wondered how. Because if I did that, I would be running around on fire. <laughs> Make sure you ash first. <laughs> Amen to that. Last thing in the world you want to do is drag that band across a giant. Yeah, that thing was a bitch ash. to get off. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But it is really but it's cool. A really, neat it was like band. an enigma wrapped in a riddle. There's a lot of little details in the Romacraft cigars. Well, they look very simple, but when you actually drill down, they're very, very complex. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm all in on this cigar. This is good. Good. Well, see, I nailed a good one. You did. Good, good, So, good. okay, we got to do our top five then soon. Do you have your top five put together? I can figure one out. Okay. Well, I, I don't want you just to make it up. I'm not making it up. Put some I thought mean, into it for once, Nick. What do you... I put a lot of <laughs> thought into all this, you jerk. <sighs> yeah, no. But like I was saying before, when you smoke the Neanderthal, make sure you have something on your stomach. Which brings me to one thing I did want to point out. So earlier tonight, when I was sitting up here waiting for... Jeff I had to, to get, work today. When I was waiting for Jeff to get here, he calls me up to bitch about how the fine folks at Wendy's screwed up his baked potato. I said no chives and I wanted sour cream. But they gave you chives and no sour cream. Yes. I had to go back. Back through the drive through Yeah, I bought it inside and they messed it up. So I went back through the drive. I wasn't going so back in. This, folks, is where we get to the point of this story. Jeff ate a baked potato while driving. 
Okay. That's not typically the kind of food you eat while driving. Back the truck up. I was craving this baked potato. I get that. And I fully intended. But you couldn't have stopped for five minutes just no, to eat the baked potato no, without I driving. You did. had to drive with the baked potato. I did because after talking to you, I realized how asinine it actually was. Yeah. And I pulled over. That's good. And I really stupid down my baked hey, potato. What's, hey, what's going on? We got. We're we're recording. Yeah. Here, you want to jump on and say hi? No, sorry. Ah, come on. <laughs> come on, you can? Sure. Yeah. So, so hold on just a second. We have another friend that's joined us here at the Hill. I say, that's the beauty of the Hill Cigar the Company. beauty of the Hill. So we're joined by Tim, the owner of the Hill Cigar Company. Oops. Trying to slip on the headset over his hat, but yeah, didn't work. work. So, Tim, thank you very much for housing us over the winter. Oh, no no worries. This is this is great because his deck gets really cold. And <laughs> mine's yeah. even worse. So I was sitting outside tonight smoking a cigar with some friends. It's like, oh, this it's, is too cold. I'm coming over cold. here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to get a sunburn on the left side of my face. But, you know, that's all right. I'll just jump over there next time and make him get it. So, yeah. but you know, you can't turn that down. So, you know, you don't have to oh, bake so yourself. It's all on me then. <laughs> uh, but no, cool. we've, we've been chatting up the place and we talked with Tony and Patrick a little bit cool. and everything else. So good no, this is good people. This is, this is a great place. And we're really happy that, that we're able to, to utilize it and, and promote you guys over the, you know, winter time and going forward. We appreciate that very much, and so. you guys are always welcome. It's good to see you. Good to see you. All right. All right. Just well, stopping in for a minute? Seat. Yeah, I just stopped by to see how everybody's doing on oh, my way home. So. Gotcha. Take care, man. Yeah, you too. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, we need to get him to come in and actually do an episode about how he started the store here. I think that would be a great idea. I think it would be, so we'll, we'll make that happen. We'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. We got the thumbs up. We're good. We're gonna, That's going to become <laughs> a thing, so awesome. All right. Thanks, Tim. You too. So, so, yeah, he's great. It is great. And see, and you know what I'm really liking about this setup? We're getting flow. We're getting guests. Just, you know, people just randomly popping in saying hi. What's the cigar pulp? Why I, wouldn't they? But I love it. I love the interaction. I love the. You're like the, a kid in a candy store. I, I'm right really now. liking the randomness of, or of an, like an old guy like us in a cigar who's store. Who's going to walk in? Well, for example, earlier today, she's. I, I think she left already. Um,. Oh, Jess. Hubbard. No, no, no. Hubbard Cigars. Oh. You missed it. Um, so Hubbard Cigars is owned by Rodney Hubbard and his sister. And she was up here earlier today hanging out and talking about how they have rebranded the um, their cigar, The Entertainer, which they've partnered with Cedric, The Entertainer, and have been putting out and promoting now, and everything. And so they've got new, new bands, new boxes, new artwork and everything to go along with it. And so she was kind of talking up that cigar a little bit. Being and they, and some, there's somebody that I do want to get on the show. At being some, point. some somewhat the producer on the show in some aspects, that's an interview we need to get set up as well. I agree. I would love to have Cedric sitting here talking to us. That would be phenomenal. Don't know if that's going to happen. Why not? He's in St. Louis. Is he? He's from St. Louis, brother. I don't know if he's. He may be from, but I don't know if he's in. Like well, he'll be back for Christmas. We'll grab him. Um. Okay. We'll make this happen, Kevin. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> hey, even if he's on the phone. You know who else I'd like to get? Who's that? Nelly. I mean, St. Louis. I don't, I don't, you know, whatever. I bet Nelly would come in and have a stick with us. I'm trying to get my band off here. It's like monkeys and footballs over there, folks. This is, this is not an easy band to get off. And no. anybody that's had Aroma Craft will be able to attest to that. You can get that <laughs> first band off that, in this case, the orange one. It's that white one. 
Yeah, the white one's the, the one I had trouble secondary with. Secondary band that is definitely the one that is problematic. And I don't know if they use super glue <laughs> or what, but... Um, Hermetically sealed. It is difficult to get off. I'll say that. At best. And it doesn't help that I recently cut my nails. Well, you want to be nice and groomed. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to... I'm just ripping this apart. There we go. Perfect. So. so there you go. Well, Nick, I love the cigar. It was a great choice. I'm really glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So what are we doing next time? Boy, that's a good question. Do what? you want to make it uh, a surprise? Yeah, you know what? Let's do that. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and not commit to a cigar for next time. Sorry, folks. Well, I only say that because this episode is going to come out on Tuesday, November the 5th. And... I'm expecting a package in the mail on Monday, and I've messaged someone who I would love to be our guest when we smoke that cigar. Is it Roman Wipes or no, Four Hymns? No, what? What kind of package are you getting? A cigar, you dick. <laughs> anyway, um, but I don't know if I can coordinate that interview in time, so that may... I thought we were going all caller daddy for a minute there. No, but I'll say if we can coordinate that interview, then that is what will be in the November... What would that be? Ninth? Fifth? Sixth? Seventh, Hold on. Eighth. Hold on. Eighth. Be the November 8th episode. But I don't know if I can coordinate that in that much time, so... Perfect. Well, yeah, we'll make it... We'll make we'll it... We'll see. Uh, if, that one, if that one comes through, you guys will... It'll be a treat... And if not, then I'm sure we'll have something else that's really, really good because I have gotten a few other care packages in the mail. My mail has been blowing we up. We still have our cigars from the Kansas City Cigar Festival. We do. We have, we are, we have an abundance of sticks right we now. We are stockpiling for nuclear winter, I think. Yes. So, or, well, if you, or when the government finally takes them all away from us. Exactly. So, you know, we'll have that going on. They pry on it too. from my cold, dead hands. Exactly. But, no, we we have... We have a nice selection of cigars to choose from, and I uh, I think we'll be able to find something good for, oh, for I the think next so. episode. So Good deal. Yeah. Well, uh, Nick, how do folks get a hold of us? So we are on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit. We are on Facebook and Twitter. We are on YouTube at Cigar Pulpit. And if you want to email me, it's just nick at cigarpulpit.com. Loved it. Otherwise? The, your, your interview was great. All the guys coming in, and especially Tim with the Hill, the owner yeah, of the Hill Yeah, that was Cigar a surprise, because I didn't expect him to pop in tonight. So. Nope. And, and, you know, like we mentioned, um, you know, we had the whole crew was here off and on today. Jess was here for a while. I missed her mm-hmm. when you got in. And then, uh, you know, it's it's a family here, say, and that's what I like. Larry and Jody working tonight. Good folks. Good people. So I love those guys. I know. We need to get Jody on, by the way. Yes. To come on and do a pipe episode. Jody is an expert on pipes and pipe tobacco. So, yes, at some point we do need to sit down with Jody and talk about pipes because that is something that neither one of us know jack about. So True that. Um, I have a pipe, but I know nothing about I just I don't know what I'm doing. See? And, then, and I don't know anything, and I don't own anything related to it. It'll be a it. special episode of the, uh, you know, the the pipe pulpit. Yeah. And we've got other guests that have come on previously that want to come back on. So... You know, you might see some familiar faces pop up again here. I'm soon. curious. Who would that be? I don't know. I'm I'm a little curious myself, but <laughs> but anyway, so we'll uh we, we, we have a few we have some guests lined up. We're trying to get some stuff lined up for the wintertime since we're, since I have we're a, gonna be I have a non cigar guest really? lined up, yes. 
Oh, that's true. You do. I do. That one will be fun. Yep. That, that one will be that fun. One will should, be I, fun. should I give the name no, or hold no, off? No, Hold off. Hold off. Hold off. Yeah. This, hold off. That'll be a fun this one. This is a good, good friend of mine. I think the... I, I probably it's consider some, him a better friend than he considers me. I think the world of this guy. It's somebody that you guys maybe initially, when you hear the name, you're probably not going to know who it is. But I think if you just do a little bit of Googling, you'll find out it's a really cool guest. Yeah, he really but, is. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We're going to get him to sit down and have a stick with us, too. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah, no, we're trying to trying to line up everything so that we can we can be a little bit more organized since we're having to commute over to the hill to record um, it's not to, as loosey-goosey now. Not quite. I mean, the show still will be. Yes. But the organization, maybe not. So it, Nobody wants to see how this sausage is made. I don't want to have anything to do with your sausage, Jeff. <laughs> and on that note, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. That I'm was, Gator. That was Gator. And we are signing off from the Hill Cigar Company in St. Louis, Missouri. Have a good one and stay smoky.